listen to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, LutheranPublicRadio.org. Something has changed. If you have noticed online some of the things that are being exposed about what children in our public schools are being taught in their sex ed classes. I Now it's whole classes about sex ed. I remember the days when sex ed was, well, it was a minor part of a bigger course. I think it was health or something like that. Now, well, there's an agenda. It's not just anatomy. It's not just the basics or the plumbing. It is now an ideology that's being pushed in our public schools. And guess what? Planned Parenthood, the abortion industry, has a lot to do with what's being taught in those classrooms. A lot to do with it. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to talk about Planned Parenthood's control over the sex ed curriculum, Dr. Scott Yenner. He's professor of political science at Boise State University, Washington fellow at the Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life. He's author of the book, The Recovery of Family Life, Exposing the Limits of Modern Ideologies, and co-author of a recent column, for the Federalist titled Sex Ed Industrial Complex Revolves Around Planned Parenthood and is Fueled by Your Tax Dollars. Dr. Yenner, welcome back. Thank you for having me on, Todd. You're joining us from Tallahassee, Florida. What are you doing in the Sunshine State? Well, I am taking on a new uh, job. I'm called the Senior Director of State Coalitions. It's part of the Claremont Institute's Washington Fellowship Program that I'm on. I'm just down here consulting with the governor and the legislature about some of the things that they're doing and trying to build up some coalitions among other states so that they might be interested in following his lead. So it's a new chapter, but maybe a short chapter in my career. People of my generation remember sex education as perhaps one short unit of health class in high school. How has it changed? What's it like today? Well, the goal isn't so much to teach about the birds and the bees. Sex ed is now very much divorced from the idea of marriage. And it's much more aligned with the modern sexual revolution. And what that means is that really throughout the curriculum, they're not pointing young men and young women to marriage. They're pointing them to earlier sexual engagement There might be an emphasis in having that sexual engagement be more safe than otherwise, but they're really honing in on acceptance for alternative lifestyles, family diversity, encouraging people to become who they are, as they say in the sex ed world, which means generally a transgender ideology or homosexual ideologies. So, you know, it's about acceptance not like putting off sex until marriage generally. And, you know, I think when we were younger, sex ed was more about anatomy. And today it's much more about left-wing ideology. Is the LGBTQ propaganda in the sex ed class, is it a problem isolated to progressive states and school districts? Yeah, the theme of the article and report that uh, my co-author Anna Miller and I wrote is that even in red states, 
where they emphasize abstinence only until marriage education. The sex ed curriculum that they adopt comes from a national market that is really controlled by or directed by Planned Parenthood and its affiliates. So the reason we even got interested in this is that we found a couple of very small and conservative school districts in Idaho that were doing things that like we couldn't believe. It would show videos about how to have sex in the backseat of a car. And once the parents found out that this was going on in class, you know, like they revolted. But the reason that it was going on in these small rural school districts was that this was peddled as abstinence-only education. And the school board adopted an abstinence-only policy, but it just happened to be a Planned Parenthood-endorsed curriculum. And the curriculum ended up just being the same as the kind of stuff you'd see in blue states. So if you're doing sex ed, chances are that the curriculum that is being used in your school has been endorsed by Planned Parenthood. Like, that's the case for more than half the school districts. And Planned Parenthood has learned how to package their ideology so that they can call it abstinence. But then they redefine abstinence. And they redefine abstinence, what we call in the report, a new abstinence. And the new abstinence means sex without getting pregnant. So what they will teach in the new abstinence is sodomy, oral sex, genital mutilation, uh, using condoms for sex. And then they put it in a curriculum that is sold as abstinence only. So a lot of people don't know about this. We didn't know about it until we ran across it in one of these rural Idaho school districts. Generally, what have we learned about Planned Parenthood's control of the sex ed curriculum from that recent support from the Claremont Institute? Yeah, we call the report the Sex Ed Industrial Complex. And at the center of it is Planned Parenthood. And they direct, they you know, help push people in directions they might already want to go. They provide leadership in all the areas of policy. So they suggest to Congress laws that will emphasize comprehensive sex education, which is the catch-all phrase for progressive sex education. And then they will ask Congress to disfavor, in one way or another, abstinence only until marriage uh, education, so that the laws themselves are written to reflect those values. Then Planned Parenthood has helped to shape sex ed standards so that there's a national sex ed standards, and those end up really encompassing the cutting edge of left-wing sexual liberation theory. So kindergartners get to learn about family diversity, third graders about the ability to change their gender or sex, sixth graders how to be ready to have sex. And these are what the national standards for sex education are. Well, those were really helped to be brought into being and helped to move in the direction that they went by Planned Parenthood, who, you know, shows up at public comment sections, provides reports for the people who write these standards. They staff the people who write the standards. So they end up controlling. And then Lo and behold, the curriculum that is developed is developed with those standards in mind in order to satisfy those standards. And Planned Parenthood is involved in designing the curriculum. And then, you know, determine whether or not the curriculum is usable. Planned Parenthood has shaped the evaluation process so that 
basically, if its curriculum is endorsed by Planned Parenthood, it ends up being medically accurate. And if it isn't endorsed by Planned Parenthood, it ends up having problems with medical accuracy. So really throughout the whole process, and I'm leaving out some things, but just to give an idea, Planned Parenthood is involved in making the laws that give money to get sex ed grants, and then determining the standards that allow people to write sex ed curriculum, and then in developing the scientific so-called standards to judge whether or not the curriculum is successful. So they have their fingerprints all over the process, and it's no surprise, therefore, that the end product is a Planned Parenthood-friendly sex ed curriculum nationwide. Now, school districts, of course, can choose what sex ed curriculum that they adopt, but the choice in the so-called free market ends up being decisively shaped by Planned Parenthood's intervention in the grant process. Is that what you call the Iron Triangle of Planned Parenthood's control? Yeah, the Iron Triangle is an old term from political science. Now, I'm a political scientist, so you'll have to forgive me for using this lingo. But what the Iron Triangle used to mean was that there would be a congressional committee, there would be an agency, and there would be an industry. Those would be the triangle, the three parts of the triangle. They would basically like collude with one another to figure out how the industry should be regulated. So the oversight committee in Congress would allow deference to the administration as long as they consulted the industry. And this led to what people used to call industry capture, of the regulatory process. So that for a long time, we had the Federal Communications Commission overseeing AT&T and a communications committee in Congress overseeing the FCC. And AT&T just kind of ran our regulation process. It captured the regulators. And what the new iron triangle is between Congress itself, who authorizes these grant programs in sex ed, the Health and Human Services, and Planned Parenthood and its affiliates. Those are the three parts of the triangle. Congress funds it, and then the regulations are designed to favor Planned Parenthood in the grant-making process. And, you know, that's kind of baked into the cake in the bills. But this new iron triangle is basically government funding the left through the grant-making process. And there's no better example of that that you'll ever find than this sex ed industry. You say that Planned Parenthood's control of the LGBTQ propaganda illustrates how big government funds and supports leftist political activity more generally. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, as using the Iron Triangle or the, the, this new tr- Iron Triangle, we see it all over the country. And on Claremont's uh, website, we have a database of all the ways in which modern government funds left-wing agitation. So there are a lot of different ways in which this happens, but it's basically either through grants or through direct funding, the national government funding a bureaucracy who then funnels money to the left to achieve the goals that that initial law put forward. Another great illustration of this is refugee resettlement. Refugees show up at the border or to an American embassy. Then the interest group apparatus jumps into play. They are funded by the government. They help 
refugees fill out their paperwork so that they can become accepted into the United States. Once they are accepted, they are in charge of transporting the refugees around the country, ultimately settling them. They oversee their integration into the particular part of the country that they go. And it happens all over the place. I mean, it's one thing for a political party to win a public debate fair and square. It's another thing for it to create basically sub salento, a system of patronage around the country with federal money. And that really is one of the reasons that America is undergoing a certain kind of cultural revolution now. And that is because the United States government is funding major part of the left agenda. What are the streams of funding for sex education at the federal level? There are four that we talk about in the report, though there are more. One of them is the Teenage Pregnancy Prevention Act that was passed, I think, in 2010, TPP. Then there's PrEP, Personal Responsibility Education, PrEP, I guess. And then there's two more recent grant programs that are transformations of old ones that are called SRAE, which is Sexual Risk Reduction Act. Those four, there's two kinds of Sexual Risk Reduction Act stuff in two grant programs. One of them is a competitive grant and one of them is kind of a block grant thing. And then there's one in the CDC that's called DASH. So the first four are all housed in the Health and Human Services Department, and the last one is housed in the CDC. Altogether, taking DASH out, we're talking about $250 million every couple fiscal years from these grant programs, and we estimated that about 80% of the money in those grant programs go to Planned Parenthood endorsed grantees. Dr. Scott Yenner of Boise State University is our guest. Planned Parenthood's control of sex ed curriculum is our topic. I'm Todd Wilkin. You're connected to issues, etc. If you have Lutheran friends, family members, or fellow parishioners serving in the U.S. military, be sure to enroll them in the Ministry by Mail program. Military members receive a welcome packet with spiritual resources and regularly receive copies of Portals of Prayer. Ministry by Mail is an outreach of LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Find out how to register for Ministry by Mail at lcms.org slash armedforces lcms.org slash armed forces. When we come back, how is that granting system we've been discussing rigged to produce more and more radical sex ed programs? This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago. Issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. listeners are needed to vote for president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has the right to vote through a pastoral and a lay voter, two voters per congregation or parish. Voter registration must be completed by midnight central on March 19th of 2023. 
Request to be a voter at your congregation for president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Contending for truth in an age of anti-truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start. The foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about Planned Parenthood's control of sex ed curricula. Dr. Scott Yenner of the Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life is our guest. Dr. Yenner, before the break, you were talking about those funding streams for sex education. How is that granting system rigged to produce more and more radical sex ed programs? Yeah, that's a very interesting thing. The first grant program is by far the biggest, the TPP, the Teenage Pregnancy Prevention Act. And 25% of the money that is dispensed through TPP must, according to law, go toward development of new curriculum. And the other 75% can go to the development of new curriculum, but also can go toward grantees who are going to use old curriculum in their programs that they'll then take to public schools. So there's a built-in ratchet for new curriculum. And the way it works is that yesterday's new curriculum is tomorrow's old curriculum. So there's always a chance to keep updating with federal money the cutting edge of what sexual liberation theory would have us believe this year. So five years ago, there would be no transgender stuff in a TPP grant. But now the 25% of the TPP grant goes toward the development of such new curriculum. So yeah, they they have a built-in ratchet and it has the effect of moving the cutting edge of sexual liberation theory in sex ed. You mentioned uh, the term medically accurate. What does that term mean in Planned Parenthood's sex ed system? Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds good. Like uh, we want to study the curriculum to make sure that it is medically accurate. So what, what does it end up meaning in practice is a great question because there's a whole system. It's called TPP review that's put in place in order to judge whether or not curriculum works, whether it's medically accurate. But the standards for what count as medically accurate are so easily manipulated that it ends up being a very political judgment that's informed by the kind of curriculum that you have in front of you. 
Now, like it's too long of an explanation for radio, I think, but the short of it is something like this. There are five criteria that need to be met in order for something to be called a medically accurate and effective a sex ed curriculum. But all of those, like all of those standards end up being so low that either anything can get over it or nothing can get over it. For instance, like on one measure, some improvement in student behavior has to be there for six months. And then you get a medically accurate and effective program. So it is tantamount in effect to being medically accurate ends up meaning something like Planned Parenthood approved. Of the 24 programs that are available in schools, 17 of them are Planned Parenthood endorsed programs. So those things end up having a very high correlation. How is the staffing of our government bureaucracies, which are obviously heavily involved in this control of the curriculum, how is it a big problem, too? Yeah, I mean, the staffing of federal bureaucracy is basically, you know, it's filled with left activists. And when it's filled with left activists, they end up wanting left-wing policies in place. So even if you kind of reform the laws at the level of Congress, the laws are implemented by people who are hostile to the goals that Congress had put into the new laws. So the deep state or the administrative state, whatever you want to call it, ends up being a huge obstacle to effective change in these policies. What do you think is the ultimate goal of Planned Parenthood when it comes to the sex ed in our public schools? Yeah, when you look at the philosophies that inform what they're doing. I think it's the abolition of the family. I talk about this in my book, The Recovery of Family Life. They want sexual manners and mores not pointed toward monogamous enduring marriage. So it's not that they want to you know, make monogamous enduring marriage one option among many. That's a halfway house to what their ultimate objective is. Their ultimate objective is the abolition of the enduring monogamous family. They've had a lot of success in this. A lot fewer people are married. A lot more relationships break up. But we're not like anywhere near, I would say, the end point of this. They've announced what the end point is. And, you know, I think we're just headed incrementally in that direction. Sex ed is one of the levers that they use to uh, achieve that goal. How can we break the Iron Triangle of Planned Parenthood's control of sex ed programs? Yeah, I think there's two or three things to consider. One, though, you know, as Ronald Reagan said, there's nothing closer to immortality than a government program. Ending the funding for these government programs is really the only effective way of getting them under control because of the deep state problem that we talked about. They'll be administered in the direction that the administrators want them to go. So cutting the programs is one option. Another thing states can do, though this is, you know, all of these are less effective than you'd like, is just not take federal grants in these areas. No TPB grants, no PrEP grants, no DASH grants, no Shrey grants. And then a third thing is for, and this is a very difficult thing, is for school boards to be extremely vigilant about what happens in sex ed. I guess I should mention the fourth option is that don't put your kids in public schools. Have them go to schools that you know are going to teach a biblically-centered, Christ-centered sexual ethic. 
Because if they're not positively teaching a biblically-centered, Christ-centered sexual ethic, they're going to be being taught the opposite. And I think it's important to have countercultural intentions when it comes to choosing for your own family and helping to support a Christian sexual ethic. What do you make of the Department of Education's role in all of this? Well, it ends up not being the Department of Education, which is an interesting thing. It ends up being the Health and Human Services bureaucracy that is involved in administering sex ed. And that in itself is interesting. Like, they are trying to make it an imperative based on safety and health, but the way that those concepts are bent under their direction takes them in the direction of all the gender ideologies that we have today, early sex and safer sex and risk reduction instead of risk avoidance. So the fact that it's in HHS is one of the ways that they get around the school boards. What we discovered in Idaho was that school boards wouldn't even sometimes know what was going on in their district because it was being done by the health district in their schools. And the school board doesn't oversee the health district. So it's a very clever ploy to put these grant programs in HHS because it allows the local education authorities to be gone around when these things are implemented in school districts. Does that mean that those local school boards may be powerless to stop this? Well, no. It means that they have to be proactive in looking for it. But if they do look for it and find it, they can stop it. But no one is going to tell them that this is going on in their school. It means that this is a way around political accountability. But vigilance at the level of a local education agency can, in part at least, overcome that. Can parents request copies of the curricula that their public schools are using for sex ed? You can request, but you don't often get it. They'll say that it's protected by copyright. We've run into this problem over and over and had to buy many of these curricula. Dr. Scott Yenner is professor of political science at Boise State University. He's Washington fellow at the Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life, author of the book, The Recovery of Family Life, Exposing the Limits of Modern Ideologies, and co-author of a recent column for The Federalist, titled The Sex Ed Industrial Complex Revolves Around Planned Parenthood and is Fueled by Your Tax Dollars. You'll find a link to this column and to The Recovery of Family Life at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Yenner, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. When we return, parental rights legislation in the U.S. Congress. We'll discuss it with William Estrada, president of the Parental Rights Foundation. Listen to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, LutheranPublicRadio.org.
This fallen creation is bested by tornado, hurricane, flood, pandemic, and more. LCMS Disaster Response helps our congregations, their pastors, and other church workers to reach out to their members and neighbors with mercy, which flows from Christ's altar. We offer quality volunteer training, help for congregational readiness and response, and disaster grant funding. To learn more, visit lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. Lutheranism in the Public Square. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Have you heard of the nuns? I'm not talking about Roman Catholic women who wear habits. Rather, I'm talking about those who mark none on religious preference surveys. It is the fastest growing religious group in the United States, and it's something we need to pay attention to. The March issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up this question regarding where they come from, what they believe, and how we can point them to Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of their sins. To learn more, pick up your copy of The Lutheran Witness. Visit witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. 